If you want to drive revenue growth, you need effective sales leadership. Right now, what should sales leaders be focusing on in this uncertain environment to keep deals flowing through the pipeline? In today's episode, sales management expert Kevin Davis shares powerful ideas on how sales leaders can accelerate results. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, Revenue Growth Architect, helping great companies grow. Sales managers play a critical role in the success of our companies going forward. Today, Kevin Davis shares practical ways sales managers can enhance their effectiveness. At the Revenue Growth Podcast, I'm dedicated to providing actionable insights that help you drive revenue. Whether you own a company, work in marketing, or lead a sales team, I want to say a huge thank you to you for all of the hard work you're doing right now. This is the time when we need to be focused on delivering results in the fourth quarter as we're also planning our strategies for the new year. This takes a lot of work and focus, and I want to cheer you on in all these endeavors. If you're looking for additional insights and inspiration on how to grow, I encourage you to join me on Tuesdays and Thursdays for Revenue Growth Live. I'll be live on Facebook and YouTube at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's 9 o'clock a.m. Pacific Time. And you can follow Revenue Growth Engine on Facebook or YouTube to get notifications. Well, today we're joined by Kevin Davis. He's the founder of Top Line Leadership and the author of The Sales Manager's Guide to Greatness. Kevin shares the core areas that need to be top of mind for sales leaders right now. We'll explore what part of the pipeline that sales managers should be focused on. We'll also explore the concept of a sales forecast versus a buying forecast. Kevin will talk about the areas of the buying cycle that managers should coach towards. Get ready to learn all of this and more in today's episode. We'll join Kevin after a brief word from our sponsors. Kevin, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here. Hey, thanks, Daryl. Great to, great to join you today. Well, it is great to have a master of sales leadership, uh, a guru here in the house today. And um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation about sales leadership and, you know, really what uh, I want to encourage and inspire sales leaders today, because Kevin, I believe that we are, are not only, you know, we're sitting here in the fourth quarter at the end of, of what's been a very hard year for a lot of people. We've got to hit the number this year. And then we're heading into a make or break year here in 2021. And I know the front lines of all of this um, are our sales leaders out there. And uh, 
man, hats off to every one of them and hats off to you for being such uh, inspiration and encouragement uh, as you equip sales managers. Well, thank you, Daryl. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just curious though, as, as you're looking, you know, you got the, we've, we've had this interesting, I think is one, one word for this year. It's been a very challenging year uh, for sales leaders as you're looking into the fourth quarter and on into next year. You know, what do you think as sales managers, VPs of sales, I mean, what, what, what should they have top of mind right now? Well, I think, uh, you know, right now uh, is November 3rd. And um, if I am a uh, sales team manager right now, I am paying a lot of attention to uh, the pipelines for my salespeople. And, you know, in the past, the instinct of many sales managers is, is to see that their role is to be the super closer and get involved. What do we need to do to close this deal? What do we need to do to close that deal? And while that's, you know, every now and then you have to do that, I would recommend that sales team leaders focus on the deals that are in the middle of the funnel, especially right now, because, um, you know, many salespeople are, they, they lose touch with customer buying behavior. And that has to do with, you know, the way many people's pipelines are structured, they're labeled with steps of the sales process. And so salespeople are focused on the steps of the sales process because that's what's in their funnel. And, you know, it, it, you know, sale, the word sales forecast is a misnomer. It should be buying forecast. Yes, <laughs> no doubt. Right. I mean, let's 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 get in line with what's actually happening. So when stuff's stuck in the middle, and I think that's such great advice, by the way. And I, before the podcast, we were both reminiscing about our our involvement, similar company at the beginning of our careers. I mean, I know as a sales manager, you know, I was expected to be the sales superstar to go out and you know go along with the rep and bag the big deals and. Um, and, and as a result, you know, you get focused on that and you miss the stuff in the middle of the funnel. Um, and so what, what, when it, when you, you're thinking about the middle of the funnel as a sales leader, how would you coach a sales leader to, uh, to look at that part of the buying funnel, not the sales funnel? That's so good. Well, I tell you that one of one of my favorite coaching questions for the middle of the funnel and, and keep, let me back up for just one second, Daryl, because. The area of the funnel that the manager pays attention to sends a message to the entire sales team what the manager considers important. And if we as managers are primarily focused on trying to close deals, then your salespeople are going to feel that their priority is to push deals toward the close. And, you know, that's one of the big mistakes salespeople make is they sell too fast. They move through the steps of their sales process without really giving much thought to the buying cycle. And then they arrive at the end, uh, but the customer's not there. <laughs> They're like way back there, right? Yeah. Where's, the, where's the customer? Yeah, exactly. So it's not that they're doing the wrong things. It's that they're doing the right thing, but at the wrong time in the buying process. 
Well, that goes back to your book, Slow Down, Sell Faster, which in my opinion is a must read. It's an all-time classic of of sales uh, and just that mindset of saying, Man, we're we're always we're rushing things way past the buyer, and yeah. But how do you how do you justify? I mean, look. Well, let me let me get back to answering your 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 original question. I, yeah, I, yeah. If I could, Please. which is you know what what do you recommend for coaching in the middle of the funnel? Right, that's what you asked me. But yep. pipeline yep. funnel, whatever you call it. Um, here's one of my favorite uh, coaching questions: is to ask a salesperson who's, you know, just forecasted an opportunity, right? Maybe it's, they're saying, oh, it'll be 60 days. It'll close by the end of December or or whatever, you know, something in the middle of your funnel, however mm-hmm. long that is. But ask the salesperson, what is your understanding of the customer's buying criteria? And there's two ways that the customer, that the salesperson can answer that. Obviously, one way we hope is that they say, well, what's important to them is this, 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 and this. These are their priorities in their decision-making process, right? Mm-hmm. That would be perfect. But so often the salespeople don't know what the customer's buying criteria are, which means one of two things, Daryl. Number one is that the salesperson um, hasn't uh, asked the customer what are your criteria? What are your priorities? Right? Yep. And we, you know, because many salespeople get disconnected from the buying process. They ask questions about their needs and then they get into the pitch mode, the itch to pitch, and they kind of skip <laughs> with the phase of the buying cycle where the customer is identifying priorities and decision-making factors and things like that. So salespeople like jump right past that. So that's, that's one reason, but, Another reason is, what if the customer hasn't identified their buying criteria yet? Mm. Well, that means that the deal isn't qualified. Yet. Right. And there's no way it should be even in your funnel, Mr. or Ms. Sales Rep. It's on the fantasy list. Right. It's all, yes. Yeah. It's, it's a, oh, we, that's, that's known as a upside, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is, uh, you know, also uh, like a prayer. And uh, so, so that's really, that's one of the questions. And, uh, and, and the other, the other question for the middle of the buying cycle is just to ask yourself, where are they in the buying cycle? And why do you think that? Mm-hmm. Ask your salesperson to tell you where the buyer is in their process and why they think that. Because, again, that's where you have to listen to the quality of the questions. But the key is this, is that like that buying criteria question, why do I recommend sales managers ask it? Because I want salespeople to ask the customer that. Right. Yeah. So, so you as a sales manager can, should be asking questions of your salespeople that you want your salespeople to ask your customers. And that's the simplest coaching tip that I can give you. And we could end the podcast right now. 
<laughs> well, you heard it here, folks. You know that, that I love that mindset, though, of 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 asking your reps what they should be asking the clients. And yeah. I mean, we I think anyone that's been involved in managing any kind of pipeline has seen the bloat and the just the the garbage at the middle of most pipelines. And uh, you know, the reason for that is it, it's there's not been a need identified a true top priority need and and the rep doesn't have an understanding of the buying cycle and where the people are in that i mean it's just you know in that what a what an important i mean we're recording november 3rd this will probably come out mid november you've got some time um as sales leaders before before the end of the year to to do some um maintenance work on the middle of your team's pipeline you know, advice. and to me, here's here's another thing to think about. And uh, I ask sales managers all the time. I say, okay, now I kind of set them up in a friendly sort of way, right, Daryl? Mm -hmm. I say, well, what, what, where, you know, here's the buying process. I put the graphic up on a, you know, slide on a PowerPoint, Zoom, whatever. Say, okay, here's the buying process. So where do you think we as managers are most focused? And, you know, they say, yeah, yeah, commitment, you know, that trying to help them close. Okay, okay. Then I ask, well, where in the buying cycle is the size of the customer's need determined? Oh, that's good. And the answer, of course, is early. Mm -hmm. So for any sales manager trying to increase sales or being held accountable for that, there's two ways to do it. You can help your salespeople find more deals and you can help your salespeople sell bigger deals. Mm -hmm. And the size of an opportunity is determined in the early phases, not the end. And most sales managers are focused on the end. So, well, know. not only the size, it goes back to what we were just talking about. It's also the buying criteria and the reasons, you know, and, and, and the value, the true value is established up there. And yeah. yeah, you get down to the end. <laughs> I mean, I can think of of deals I've you know ridden in on the white horse as a sales manager to close, and there's there's nothing there, right? It's like, it's it's like this was this was total fantasy island. Like, why why are we even here? Why did the the customer the customer buyers looking across the desk or table at you going? I don't know why you're here. <laughs> like, and you know, and you're like, I don't know why I'm here either. And like, this is, this is bad. And what if, I mean, what if as, and this is, this is great as we look into the new year, because at this, um, you know, Kevin, I just, I've been saying this on the podcast. And I truly believe for most organizations, 2021 is a, it's a make or break year. It's a year where we have got to drive, Revenue. I mean, for a lot of companies, unless you were selling, you know, plexiglass or face masks, 2020 was was a rough year. We've got to really drive into 2021, and I think it's. It, I love the concept of focusing sales leadership on the front end of the sales process, where we're truly establishing value, and and out of that, you get the coaching opportunities for really teaching your team how to drive those conversations. That's right. Um, so, good. you know, these are the, uh, just a few of the sales management fundamentals. Yeah. And Hey, by the way, congratulations. I said this in the intro, but you weren't there for the intro. So congratulations on the sales manager's guide to greatness. That is so exciting to see that course 
online. I think that's going to be a very valuable resource for organizations um, as they head into the new year. And I'm just I'm just curious if if as you look forward into the new year, um, what are some other things that you think sales managers should really have on their radar to make sure 2021 is set up for success? Well, uh, I think that uh, one of the biggest challenges, I mean, I've asked thousands of sales managers. I I don't know, Daryl, a lot. What's the number one obstacle that prevents you from being the best sales manager that you can be? Mm -hmm. And the answer 99% of the time is the same. I don't have enough time. And this is something that, you know, sales managers, they, they, they get, they have a lot of incoming. They have a lot of issues that get thrown at them. They're like the, the clearing house, right? Uh, Just send it <laughs> yes. to the manager and, you know, you get roped into these meetings with marketing because we need the voice of the customer. So let's get the sales manager in on this. And, you know, you can you can just be like that arcade game whack-a-mole, right? Yes. Where the mole, boom, you hit it, boom, and, you know, and, and you're just running around like that. And that doesn't get things done. I mean, when I recently looked at the sales manager's job description for a Fortune 500 company, and 85% of that job description was related to sales coaching. Okay. And then I talked to some sales managers and I said, well, what percentage of your time do you spend actually coaching salespeople? And it came in at about 8%. Yeah. So here they are doing 85% of their job with 8% of their time. Wow. So there's a huge misallocation of time. And in sales managers defense, there's a lot of crud that gets thrown at them. Yeah. So to answer your question that you posed to me a few minutes ago, I would say that the number one thing on a sales manager's list is to identify what is on your to-don't list. Mm -hmm. What are the things that you need to stop doing? These are the things that that's, you know, sales people are asking you to do, your company is asking you to do, you got to keep your eye on the ball. And the ball is improving sales productivity. Mm-hmm. That's your job. And what happens is we allow ourselves to get taken down these different alleyways that distract us from what our priority is. So we've got to become more proactive, resistant. I will this is a simple technique. It's like when somebody comes to you with an issue, it's like, oh, hey, Daryl, you know, we've got this hot to go problem with this customer. Um, or, or here's how they say it. They say, hey, Daryl, we have a problem. Right. We, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you and all the other people lined up outside my office all day. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. We have a problem. <laughs> and, and what happens is because you don't have all the information you need, you know, you typically say, well, let me look into it and I'll get back to you. Yeah. And in, in the blink of an eye, two things have just happened, which are typically the responsibility of a subordinate in a relationship. Yes. Number one, you accepted a delegation from a sales rep 
And number two, you agreed to provide them with a progress report, right? right? You're going to get, <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. Who's so it's the like, boss, right? Yeah. Yeah. So here's two questions to kind of stop that behavior. This is, this, this is so simple that, um, but I, I tell you, I've had a lot of sales managers say, oh my gosh, that, that technique is really, when somebody comes to you with an issue, mm-hmm. okay, ask them two questions. What have you done about it so far? And what do you think ought to be done? So those two questions, see, salespeople will bring you their problems and hope that you take them. And if you take right. them, they'll just keep bringing you more bring problems. More, right. <laughs> and, and before you know it, you never have any time to focus. I mean, you as a sales manager, you are the most talented, you have the best selling skills on your team but how effective are you at teaching those competencies and embedding them into the hearts and minds of your people? Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the misallocation of the sales manager is, you know, and they're, they're working 60 to 70 hours a week doing other people's work. Yep. That's, that's so good. And I'm just having, I mean, as you're talking, I'm having these flashbacks to my sales management days of, Literally people, I can see I'm sitting at the desk. I see the people lined up outside my office, right? I mean, every morning it was just, uh, and and you're like, I'm dealing with all of these order problems and blah, 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 blah. And it's almost like I was, uh, we were chatting with uh, Meredith Elliott Powell in our Selling from the Heart Insiders group last week. And she she gave some advice that I thought was really good. And this might apply to sales leaders uh, in particular is just color code your calendar, like color code it by, you know, how much time you're spending coaching versus doing other things. Yeah. And, you know, go back and have an honest, uh, an honest meeting with yourself to go, I got to, you know, this, the priorities got to go towards sales development and coaching. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's a great suggestion about color coding the calendar. I, I would say that uh, when I get called in by a company to work with their sales managers virtually or in physically like it used to happen, mm-hmm. virtually now, uh, the first thing I ask is I say, uh, let me ask your sales managers, let me take a look at your calendar. Yeah. Because this is my little insider consultant's tip here. Because if I can look at a sales manager's calendar and see appointments for coaching, like funnel reviews, one-on-one skilled coaching, deal reviews, win postmortems. If I see appointments in the sales manager's calendar for that, then I know I'm dealing with a pro. Yeah. And if I don't, I know I'm not. Yes. Which is, of course, you know, my job to help them get better. So, you know, but yeah, that's just like a simple consultant's technique to find out, do the sales managers in this company really, you know. Manage sales. <laughs> do they manage? Are they, are they coaching or yeah. are they reacting? Yes. Yeah. That's um, that's so good. And by the way, I love the idea um, of the postmortem coming back. And I, you know, it's one of the things I wrote about in Revenue Growth Engine that I think is 
an exercise, um, you know, if, if you're, if you're going to meet with the, the sales team and also bring the marketing people in, bring them in for deal assessments, um, figure out, you know, why'd we win? Why'd we lose? Why was there no decision? Um, to me, the postmortem is one of the most overlooked learning, fertile learning opportunities, um, uh, that organizations can, uh, can add that just, it doesn't, it, well, it doesn't get put on the calendar, so it doesn't get done. Right. Well, yeah. And, um, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we knew as much earlier as we know after a deal has been done, right? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and that's where really being connected to that buyer's process and asking questions, which facilitate the customer's decision-making help you understand the, you know, the lay of the land. And, you know, we've got to just ask more questions about the buyer's process. Yeah. Um, and who's involved and how do we get to them? And, you know, really, uh, you know, that's, that's sales effectiveness 101, but uh, so getting, you know, getting back to your original question, you know, what are sales managers need to do to, hit the ground running on, on, on January 1st. Um, look, I think you need to be taking a, a, well, in my book, I write about the, the second hire date. Okay. Don't unpack that for me. Well, you hire a salesperson uh-huh. and then, you know, whatever. I mean, you and I, we both worked at Lanier, Daryl. So, mm-hmm you know, the ramp up time for a new hire at Lanier was six months or some other yep. company, it could be nine months or a year, you know, whatever that period is. But what happens is we hire a salesperson. If we have training, we put them through that, we coach them. And then we kind of, you know, all right, go make it happen. Right. And we kind of become a little disconnected because in many cases we're trying to close the big deals, right. which aren't being worked by our six-month sales rep. And so we kind of lose touch with these salespeople as they kind of emerge from you know, their six-month orientation process, which again, they're selling during that time. But yeah. you know, when they are supposed to be up and launched, we lose touch of that. So the second hire date basically says, you know, if you're going to hire somebody on, uh, on January 1st, you need to schedule in your calendar, like on July 1st, that you're really going to zero back in on that salesperson and, and ask yourself, you know, is this person really going to make it to the top half of my sales team or not? Hmm. So I think we need to have this kind of this reevaluation of our talent. So, you know, especially like this year, it, it everybody, a lot of salespeople have excuses, but and the, and the valid excuses for all the change and all the all the distractions that have that have gone on this year. Um, so it's easy to to uh, to struggle and have a good story as to why you struggle, right? right. I mean, yeah. let's face it. <laughs> um, but you know, I think that going forward. Um, you know, that's one of the, the silver linings in this pandemic is that maybe uh, uh, in the past, a salesperson that was 
heavily reliant on relationships in his or her territory uh, that who maybe didn't utilize technology to the extent that he or she could have, that salesperson has had to make a lot of changes this year mm-hmm. in order to be successful. For sure. And if they didn't make changes, then they're not successful. I mean, this is a tougher selling environment. So, you know, are there some people on your team that, for lack of a better description, could be described as as dead wood? And meaning they're just right. not, they're not, they're not react responding to the challenging virtualization and you know the new selling world and. Uh, you know, they're not responding to your coaching. They're not, they're not getting better. They're not, they're not creating more opportunities in the future than they did in the past. And it's just the trajectory of their performance is is not good. And, you know, I don't know, what are you going to do about that? Right. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't want to wake up on July 1st, 2021 and say, geez, I got a problem with that sales rep. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and that, I mean, by now, if you, if you're looking at reps, I mean, what, November six, seven months into, you know, into the big, big pivot um, and reps haven't, you know, are still throwing excuses and, and haven't made the investments and the changes, you know, there, there's probably, there's probably some time to, to evaluate that. And that time's probably sooner than later. Well, that's that's it. And, you know, the bottom line is, again, getting back to how busy sales managers are. Right. They often get distracted. They're they're see busyness prevents observation. Yes. Oh, so true. So So and, you know, if we as managers aren't observing our our salespeople um, and, you know, you can observe their activities, you can get into their CRM and look at, you know, coach call records, you, you know, deals, deal coaching and look at that, you know, there's different ways to observe salespeople from a remote uh, management reality that, that we all are. Yeah. Um, and you can just ask them these questions. What's the customer's buying criteria. And if you get that dead fish look on your zoom meeting, then you know, you got a problem and it, it, it can, it may be able to be solved by coaching, right? but it may not. But here's the point, <laughs> you know, coaching is the answer. Even if at the end of that coaching process, you make the decision to dehire that person, coaching was still part of the solution. That's right. That's right. You know, I mean, so if you don't observe and um, and you don't observe, if you don't have time time and space, it all goes back to creating room um, in your schedule, doesn't it? Well, it's just make, make, you know, it's making appointments to coach. Yeah. And that's part of, you know, the work that I do with companies is is figure out what their cadence is. You know, what what types of coaching conversations should their managers be scheduling with salespeople to discuss what, what, you know, and I mean, the, the, the most common of course is, you know, what did you sell last month? Right. Um, and you know, 
So in my book, I write, I talk about the scorecard coach. So for anybody listening, who's a, who's a golfer, you know, when you go golfing, you write the score down for each hole. So, you know, Daryl, if, if you were my golf teacher and I showed you my most recent scorecard from around to golf and say, well, hey, Daryl, what do I need to do to get better? Um, you can't really help me because the golf scorecard is the aftermath right. of the swings and decisions that I made when I was golfing. That's true. Yes. And so the only way that you can help me is to watch me swing and watch me make decisions. Then you can provide high quality coaching. I mean, I'm often asked by sales managers, I, I show hands. Well, how many of you are frustrated by salespeople that don't implement your coaching? And a lot of sales managers, oh, yeah, that's true. And I said, well, you know, maybe, maybe it's your coaching. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're a scorecard yeah. coach and you're saying, well, hey, Kevin, you know, don't make triple bogey on par threes. Oh, okay. Thanks, Daryl. <laughs> thanks for the help. <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's good. And, and that's what a scorecard coach does in sales yeah. is that we, we look at the numbers and we give them feedback based on numbers, which is the same feedback we gave them last month. And they really don't know what to do differently other than, you know, what you're obviously telling them, which is you got to make more calls, you know, and it just, it kind of turns into a judgmental and that relationship kind of yeah. comes to loggerheads and, you know. Then, yeah, nothing good happens out of that. Well, Kevin, this has been, I knew it was going to be a, a valuable conversation. And for all of the, on behalf of all the sales leaders and company owners listening in uh, today, I just want to say a sincere thank you. The, the conversation today is fantastic. And I know everybody's going to want to go check out the Sales Manager's Guide to Greatness and the online learning that you've put together, which we'll put a link in the uh, the show notes. Just, Kevin, it's it's uh, great to talk to a kindred spirit and your, the wealth of uh, experience and knowledge you bring to the table is, is truly inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing this with us today. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Daryl. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, you're so welcome. And to everybody else in the Revenue Growth Podcast audience, Thank you to you. We're in the fourth quarter. As we say on the C-Suite Radio Network, this is a time to drive and thrive. This is this is fourth quarter. This is like the football game. Um, you know, these are the these are the plays that really matter. And I know that Kevin has given us some insight today to help us make sure that we've got our eye on the right part of the funnel, on the right part of the, the pipeline. Um, and, and so much great advice here to sales leaders, but to everybody listening in. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you, because I'm watching, I get to talk with many of you throughout the week and seeing everybody out there working together, being strategic, working hard and saying, what can we do to drive revenue? Um, right now, it's so inspiring as we finish out this year. I just want to encourage you and challenge you, you know, finish strong, let's hit the tape. And until next week, let's get going and let's get growing. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.